Alright third grade parents, welcome back to Raise Ready Kids, where month by month you master the strategies you need to raise kids with the knowledge, skills, character, and purpose they need to thrive. I'm Bill Jackson, founder of Raise Ready Kids, and your host this month. So the military has this term, force multiplier, which means a tool or technique that gives soldiers more capability than they would otherwise have. For example, a group of 12 soldiers with special equipment might be able to accomplish the same mission as a group of 24 soldiers that didn't have that equipment. You could say that the force multiplication factor of the special equipment is two. This month's Raise Ready Kid strategy, Root Tenders, is a kind of force multiplier for parents. Your child has one or two parents in their life, and maybe grandparents too. But with Root Tenders, it can be like they have double that number at least when it comes to helping them discover what is good and true and beautiful in this world, and what kind of person they want to be. The Raise Ready Kids Root Tender strategy is inspired by the author Bruce Feiler, and the best way to introduce it to you is to share some of the stories from Bruce's best-selling book, Council of Dads. When Bruce was in his early 40s, he was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer, and it wasn't clear whether he'd survive. Bruce and his wife had two young daughters, Eden and Tybee, and if Bruce didn't make it, they would grow up without knowing their father. He wouldn't be there to watch their soccer games, cheer at their graduations, or scowl at their boyfriends. He also wouldn't be able to pass down his ideas about what matters most in life, his core values. His girls would miss the benefit of his anchoring presence. Soon after his diagnosis, an idea struck him. He would ask the men in his life who knew him best to stand in for him as surrogate fathers. These were men with whom he shared core values as well as deep bonds. If the worst happened, if Bruce didn't make it, they could help replace what would be missing in his girls' lives. They could show up now and then to cheer on the girls, buy them a cool electronic gadget, and as the girls got older, convey some of the perspective and values that Bruce held dear. Thus was born the Filer family Council of Dads, You may have read the book or seen the NBC miniseries. Jeff Shumlin, the first of the member of this tribe, was Bruce's camp counselor before he was his friend. A farmer and world traveler with a taste for adventure, Jeff's mantra was, be a traveler, not a tourist. As Jeff told Bruce, a traveler is someone who can let go of what is familiar and seek out what is different. Travelers know how to slow down and approach new and unfamiliar experiences as a small child might approach a mud puddle. As Bruce writes, Jeff had the connectedness of someone who understood the value of neighbors, along with the openness of someone who spent half his life living and working in other parts of the world. Jeff was the perfect person to show his girls how to invest deeply in their own community and then carry that way of thinking and being wherever they went. Bruce's second pick for the council was Max Steyer, his college roommate. While Bruce and Max had endured rough patches as roommates, they forged a strong bond on a backpacking trip after college. Max was a high achiever, intensely focused on his goals. After excelling in college, he clerked for a Supreme Court justice, counseled the President of the United States, and established a nonprofit that encourages people to go into public service. I wanted Max to embody for Eden and Tybee the value he has always represented to me, Bruce writes. The loyalty of a friend who sees how far I've come instead of how far I have to go. The dignity of the person who has devoted his entire life to serving others. 
the self-respect of the man who insists on meeting his own standards instead of succumbing to those of others. Next up, David Black, the flamboyant literary agent who helped Bruce break into the book publishing business. As Bruce relates, a literary agent is a broker of dreams in a world in which most dreams don't come true. When Bruce asks David, what's the most important gift you can give to a dreamer? David replies, the belief in their ability to succeed. Because when you believe in them, you give them the ability to believe in themselves. Bruce asks David what he would tell Eden or Tybee if in 20 years, one of them came to him with a dream to open a restaurant, climb a mountain, or write a book, but they feared failure. They were having doubts about whether they could really do it. David replies, I'd sit down with them and figure out what's possible. Let's make a roadmap to the top of the mountain or a business plan for the restaurant or an outline for the book. Let's make the awesome mundane. And if for some reason that dream should fail, Bruce asks, let's find a dream that can work, he says. It may not be the first dream or the dream of the moment, but you shift your dreams. You find a dream that might come true. Because in my experience, anybody can dream an impossible dream but only a few find a dream that's possible, and those are the ones that are happy. Bruce's next pick for the council is Ben Edwards, his friend since kindergarten days in Savannah, Georgia. Bruce and Ben hadn't kept in close touch over the years, but they'd grown up together, sitting with each other at lunch when nobody else would, hunting tadpoles in the canal behind the filer home, and defending each other from scurrilous elementary school gossip. Of all of Bruce's friends, Ben Edwards was the most loyal, and the one most rooted in the small-town values he'd grown up with. Bruce wanted Ben on the council to convey the importance of being from a place, how you carry that place with you wherever you go, how you keep coming back to it time and again no matter how long you live. Finally, the other Ben in Bruce's life, Ben Sherwood. When Bruce had met Ben Sherwood a decade earlier, he was a broadcast journalist by day and a novelist by night. Ben Sherwood never stopped asking questions about the world. It's that voracious, sometimes relentless curiosity I wanted him to pass on to the girls, Bruce writes. The commitment to unraveling the truth behind the spin. The thirst to acquire information, then rearrange it into something surprising and fresh. When Bruce asked Ben Sherwood how he would encapsulate his approach to the world for Eden and Tybee, Ben offered this quote from Rainer Maria Rilke. Have patience with everything unresolved in your heart. Try to love the questions themselves. Do not seek the answers now because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything. Live the questions. These are five of the six members of the Council of Dads that Bruce Filer invites to help support and guide his daughters if he ultimately succumbs to his cancer and can't be present for them anymore. Jeff Shumlin the adventurous friend who knows how to open his heart and mind to appreciate the beauty of unfamiliar people and places. Max Steyer, the servant friend who, after demonstrating that he can achieve at the highest levels, dedicates himself to a life of public service. David Black, the supportive friend who loves to help people reach for their dreams and, just as important, help adjust them to make them achievable. Ben Edwards, the loyal friend who deeply feels and appreciates the place where he is from and stands by his friends no matter what happens. And finally, Ben Sherwood, the wise friend who recognizes that it's more fruitful to live life's questions than to insist on answers that aren't ready to show themselves.
These are the men Bruce chooses to convey his values to his daughters in case he can't do it himself. One unexpected gift of the Council of Dads was that it forced me to formalize what otherwise would have gone unsaid, Bruce writes. It obliged me to sit down with my closest friends, tell them what they meant to me, and ask them to play an important role in the life of my daughters. Bruce asked these men to help his daughters grow roots, ways of thinking and being that could help define who they were becoming. Just like trees need strong roots to grow tall and withstand storms, people need strong roots to reach their full potential and withstand crises. Bruce's Council of Dads becomes what I call root tenders to his daughters. While most of us aren't staring death in the face like Bruce Feiler, there's no reason we can't invite root tenders into our children's and families' lives. We too can identify friends who exemplify values that we hold dear and ask them to play a modest role in helping our child find their way. I'm not requesting a major commitment of time, resources, or emotion, Bruce writes to his prospective counsel. A few words, a few gestures, an open door, a welcome embrace every now and then. Third grade parents, let me ask you, what values are most fundamentally important to you? Which of your friends embody these values? What is special about them? What could they teach your child? Why not identify a small set of friends, two, three, four, and tell them what they mean to you and ask them to play the role of root tender for your child? Explain that this means that you're giving them permission. You're asking them to share their unique perspective and values with your child in age-appropriate ways. The root-tending role can be more or less formal. The connection can happen when families are together and root-tenders make a particular effort to engage with children. Or it can happen one-on-one -on -one when root-tenders spend dedicated time with your child. It needn't take a lot of time. A few points of connection here and there can go a long way towards forming a long-term relationship. Root tenders can be old or new friends. They can be the parents of your children's friends. They don't have to be the same gender as you are. Some may last a long time, others only a few years. Whoever they are, make a point of introducing them to your child in a warm and enthusiastic way. Tell your child what makes your friend amazing. Tell your root tender friend what you admire about your child. Arrange for them to spend some time together, either as part of a larger gathering or one-on-one. -on -one. Of course, you may have relatives, friends, or neighbors who already play this kind of role in your child's life. If so, consider making their role more explicit. Let them know what they mean to you and appreciate how they are making your child's life richer. Tell them you hope they'll continue to play the role of root tender for your child. When I was growing up, several of my mother's close friends served as root tenders for me. One of them, Pam, had an intensely competitive spirit as well as a mischievous twinkle in her eye. One time when we were playing ping pong together as partners, I gave a celebratory yelp after we won a point. Focus, Pam admonished me. She didn't want me distracted from the task at hand, winning the game. She was all about the goal. Staying focused takes a lot of self-discipline in our culture of distraction and self-congratulation. I listened. We celebrated after we won the whole tournament. I'll never forget something else she said to a group I was part of. We were probably hanging out after dinner at the table or out on our lawn. I'd guess that I was about 10 years old, becoming more aware of the wider world and beginning to form my own beliefs. I remember she said something like, 
people's success and value in the world depends on how they do what they do, not what they do. This came as something of a surprise to me. At the time, I thought that the president of the United States was by definition more successful than the janitor at my school. But Pam said, no, the president is not more successful or more worthy of our admiration if they do their job poorly or if their heart is in the wrong place. The janitor is more successful and worthy of our admiration if they are more deeply committed to excellence in their job and if their actions and words reflect a full love and commitment to the people around them. It's hard to know, but this conversation may have had a major impact on my life. I have repeatedly chosen life paths that lead to less prestige than other paths that have been open to me. I have done so because I didn't think those more prestigious paths were the places where I could show up with the greatest commitment and love for my fellow humans. I've never forgotten Pam's mentorship. Focus on your ultimate goal. Don't waste time celebrating intermediate victories when you could be preparing yourself for the next step in your quest. Don't evaluate people by their position. Judge them by the heart and love they show for the people around them. The quality of your child's life will depend a great deal on what kinds of roots they grow and how deep they are. You can't directly control the strength and depths of these roots, but you can cultivate the soil and you can enlist the help of friends, root tenders, to cultivate the soil together with you. Third grade parents, few of us live in close-knit communities which organically foster these kinds of relationships. Families and kids are busy doing their own things. We rarely take time to identify, appreciate, and articulate the unique gifts our friends can bring to the table, the powerful role they can play in helping our kids grow strong roots. We don't want to impose on each other, and we don't want to invade each other's privacy. However, when we intentionally draw our friends into the root-tending role, the payoff is there for our children, our friends, and for us. Our kids get allies who help them develop the character strengths they'll need to reach their full potential and withstand life's storms. Our friends get the satisfaction and honor that comes with this invitation. We get the peace of mind that comes from knowing that we have support in our quest to raise children with strong and deep roots. Now, when your child is eight or nine, is a great time to identify and introduce root tenders to your child. You want to begin fostering relationships between root tenders and your child well before they reach adolescence. You want them to feel connected to and comfortable with their root tenders before they really need them. And you want your child to perceive their relationship with their root tenders as perfectly normal. Don't all kids have these kinds of adults in their lives? In the end, Bruce Feiler survives his cancer. He doesn't need his council of dads to stand in for him. But through his struggle, a powerful idea was born. The members of the council remain part of his girls' lives, helping to tend their roots. We too have the opportunity to invite our most cherished friends to serve as allies in our quest to raise children with values that will serve them well over their whole life, to cultivate deep roots that will enable them to spread their branches far and wide. Mm -hmm.